I don't, I forgot um, how much times I went clam digging. Like three times. How do you like it? Um, fun. Native America. Hey, I'm Santana. And I'm Haley. I'm Bella. And this is Young and Indigenous Podcast. And I'm here with Young and Indigenous Podcast is an outlet for people to know about Indigenous knowledge, storytelling, and history. Through our youthful journeys as Indigenous people, through these stories, young people and elders share their experiences with us. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. I'm about to tell some red stories. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> today's episode, you get to hear some of the experiences from our Lummi youth about learning how to clam dig on the beach. They had a special guest as well, one of our beautiful, amazing elders, Ernestine Jensaw. We got to walk across Portage with the youth when the tide was out. It was a hot, sunny day. It was really good to see all of the youth involved. They are all sitting next to each other, chatting it up, and bonding on the beach together. I wrote a book about the people of Point Francis, which this is Point Francis. That's the name of this place. And it's got my name on there. I wasn't a book writer, but I thought I'd write it. And I'll read it to you. The People of Point Francis by Ernestine Jensal. Fishermen lived in a longhouse with a dirt floor my dad, Alfred Lane, was a fisherman and a farmer. He had six children. Fran, Bertha, and Ruth were born when he was married to his first wife. Her name was Christine. She was a Cush. That was her maiden name. And I had a brother named Glenn and Rena and myself. I was born in Marietta, Washington. When I was about two, I moved from uh, Lummi Island to Point Francis. My sister was born at Portage. There was no doctors here. When we got sick, we had to go to uh, Marysville, Washington, to go to a doctor. Things were very different here. We had fresh water from a spring well. We had no electricity out here. We had kerosene lamps. Uh, We took baths in a little round tub when we had to get ready for school. We had to put our water on the wood stove and warm it up and take our baths with that hot water. My grandma's name was Elizabeth. Grandma Lizzie, I called her. 
She had a wood stove. She washed clothes in a gas wringer and a washing machine. She had a truck, a car, a wagon, a milk truck, a root house, and fruit trees. Uh, my grandma had a rowboat. We, we sailed from mainland to over here. <clears throat> my dad had a gas boat. My grandmother never spoke Lummi language. I never learned how to speak Lummi language. It was a no-no. So I only know a few words. And um, because they didn't want me or my sisters or any of my family to have someone make fun of me or because we talked our language like in different schools and uh, boarding schools, they would get a spanking. I think that was pretty mean. <laughs> My Uncle Art Lane, I'm a Lane, that's my maiden name, Lane. We had a house here. In the summertime, we had people come over here and fish every year. Um, we had over a hundred, um, we had a lot of sheep, we had a lot of cows, horses, workhorses. They roamed all over and they kept the grass down really good. Now when you walk around here, there's too much grass. Once a year, they, my folks would come and they would uh, herd the sheep in corrals and they'd shear the sheep and my grandma would sell the wool. And uh, they had men come out here and they cut the hay down and stack it and put it in the barn. And every springtime, the fishermen would fish um, on the beach for herring. There was hundreds of fish out there, hundreds of herring fish. And they'd have schooners, they called them schooners. A boat would come in and take the fish. During the low tide, which is now, we dug a lot of clams and sold it. And we'd get only a dollar for a, a bucket of clams or a, a gunny sack full. A dollar, one dollar, and that was money to us, one dollar. Things I ate was plums, sprouts, mushrooms, huckleberries, elderberries, hawthorn berries, salmon berries, wild strawberries. There were a lot of strawberries out here. Black caps, we ate black caps, thimbleberries, blackberries, black gooseberries, currant berries, that's rainflower berries, soap berries, cow parsnip, pineapple weed, ferns, uh, the seafood we ate, uh, smoked fish, octopus, skate fish, smoked horse clams, grunters, 
skatefish, ducks, sea urchins, seagull eggs, wild berries, fruits, and vegetables. Um, and we smoked fish in the smokehouse. So we ate fish every day. Now I can't even get a fish to eat. What was the smokehouse like? It was wood. wood? Yeah. Big I mean big. It was big and they used a stick to lift up the fish. They didn't reach up and put it, but they had a tee and they'd hook the fish, put it up on the rack. Seagull eggs are on the seagull rock, which is down there. Around that corner, there's a rock down there. It's nothing but seagulls. And certain time of the year, you go out there and get the seagull eggs. You don't go, you have to know exactly when to go and pick. And there's three eggs in a nest. You can't take three. If you see three, you take two and leave one. You, you have to leave one for the mother. Don't take three eggs and you bring the eggs home and boil it. We made tea from alder bark. We chewed pitch for gum. We didn't have gum, so we'd take the pitch off the trees and chew that. They had a long house here where the fishermen stayed in a long house. My dad's house, my grandma's house, Georgie Moore's, Pete Lawrence. Uh, Pete Lawrence owned three houses here. Uh, Grandpa Adams, um, so there was houses, houses out here and uh, we all lived in, in these little shacks and we'd row across or wait until the tide came out and we'd go walk across. I'll be teaching sea life, or like identifying clams and help you identify. So right here is the horse clam. I call it a gooey duck. I grew up calling it a gooey duck. That helps you remember it better. But it's swam. Swam is the native word for gooey duck. So if I pointed at that, what is it? What am I pointing at? What do you call it? A gooey duck. Swam. 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 This one's. Like, like you're swimming, like you swam. Yep, just like that, swam. It's easier to identify because it's massive, for one. It's pretty big. And yeah. Um, right here is the butter clam. You've, I'm sure you guys seen these before on the beach or if your family goes clam digging. Yeah, it's sakwa. In the plumbing house, it's sakwa. Sakwa is the butter clam. Sakwa. Now here's one that looks very similar. Yes, Skanoi. A steamer. And you say squish light. Squish light is the steamer. Hang on, we got they another look... person. Hi. My name's Kiara. And okay. I'm Damien. We'll be teaching you about clam identification. 
aviation yeah, time. Have me later on to tell you some stories. These look very identical. Some people get mixed up. The bottom one, the squishlight, the steamer clam is purple. They're typically purple on, on the underneath. And then right here is the, the cockle. This one's fairly easy to identify because of the ridges, how bumpy it is, and it looks very different from those ones. And then in Clemichossum, you say it's the slotum. The slotum is the cockle. Slotum. And if you can see on it, it has a barnacle. The barnacle in Lummi language is Tamiya. Tamiya. Have you guys ever stepped on one? Yeah. Fairly painful, huh? Yeah, that's Tamiya. And they have a baby oyster, kind of small. It's the only one I could find. In the Komichasan, it's Tulak Tulak. Tulak Tulak is the oyster. This one is not native. On the other side of Lummi Island is where you would get a traditional oyster that's native to here. This one is not, you can tell, most of you have seen oysters on the beach that are long, right? They're longer and like, just longer. A native oyster to this area is round, is a round oyster. This one's planted, so natural resources grows oysters and then brings them out to the beach. So these ones, these are imported, the imported oysters. <laughs> okay, but there is Lummi Island, right? In our language, it's Smuminuk. The Smuminuk is a Lummi Island. So if I point over there, what am I pointing at? Smuminuk. Skana White. Very good. Right now we're on Portage Island, and it's called Silas. We're on Silas right now. No, uh, I don't, I forgot um, how much times I went clam digging. Like three times. How do you like it? Um, fun. Do you always use the rake or do you use the shovel sometimes? I sometimes use this, um, those small rakes that they're using and sometimes um, a shovel. Do you go clam digging with your family? Mm, not really. Who do you clam dig with? With my uncle. Really, um, my uncles and aunties. Do you like clam digging with them? Yeah. What's your favorite part? That you can get to eat them. If there's, you know, one thing that you want the youth to leave here today with, what would you say it would be? For me, to teach the young ones to have the understanding of all the resources that are at their disposal, being indigenous. You're able to come out here. It was taught to me at a young age that when the tide's out, the table's set, and this is the way you come harvest and live the way our ancestors did. So my point I'd want to get to the youth today would be just exercise your rights, come out and be indigenous on these beaches, and experience what our ancestors did. How would you um, describe your experience clam digging today? Pretty good. Just to notice something in this tribe is wonderful because just to think of it, there's millions of tribes out there 
So it's a new experience, and I'm glad to be here to see it. What do you think was an important lesson that you learned today? Probably patience. So the Walking with Our Ancestors event today is hosted by Lummi Indian Business Council, and it's in collaboration with the Lummi Employment Training Center Summer Youth Program. And our Native Connections project is focused on youth prevention. And we are guided by the work of our Coast Salish ReefNet Wellness Model, um, which shares Coast Salish sources of strength um, that uh, are also include uh, sources of protections. And so of those protections, one of them was being on the land and water and teachings and harvesting um, resources. And so we created the Walking with Our Ancestors uh, clam harvesting event based on that. And so we know that our youth who are connected to their sources of strength and are exposed to their protective factors, they have um, build up, it helps strengthen their resilience, it helps strengthens um, their connection to their place, their home, their family, their identity. So the idea behind all of our Walking with Our Ancestors events is to help build that strength and resilience that we have as Coast Salish people so that our youth are Coast Salish strong. Uh, Hi, my name is Jada Wilson and my grandparents are Dora Joe and Jeff Jefferson. Yeah, I learned uh, how to dig for my grandparents mainly my grandpa. Learned how to clean for my grandma. <laughs> That's really cool. Do you come out here often? Uh, yeah, when there's big tides or when I'm just really wishing for clams. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite part about digging? When I get the clam out the hole. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like of, a relief. Yeah. Finally being able to have it. Are we doing anything with them? No, we're just getting their shrimp because we can't eat them right now because all the toxins and stuff, I guess. That's what they told us. So we're just. Oh, I found something. Looking for them. I almost got you. Are you from out here? Um, so, sort of. I'm not. I'm, I'm from Linden. Well, technically Arkansas, but we moved up here when I was five, so. But. Cool. I don't know. Grew up here. Yeah. I've never done this before. No. No, but we were digging out there, so. How do you like it so far? I think it's fun. Yeah. So a question we've been kind of asking people is like, if you had a friend that was hesitant to come out here today, what would you say to them to persuade them to come? To persuade them? Well, I guess it depends on why they didn't want to come out. If they didn't want to come out because they don't like the beach, then I'd be like, it's fun, I guess. I don't know. Um, But if it's because they didn't really want to get in touch with like heritage, I'd say that I think it's pretty important. There's a tons of reasons why people think heritage is important. I think it's because it's important to recognize that they're not just like the people from back then. They're also they're like they're real people, you know. It's what they left behind for us and where we are now. It's because of the people from the past, and there's all kinds of lessons to learn from the things that they used to do and why they used to do them. And the only re- the only way we're ever going to progress is if we learn from the past. This is. I call it my land. This is my land. We have to take care of our land. 
we have to take care of it. We have to tell people who's who and why are we taking care of this land? Why? Do we let it go like the city? Or do we have to keep it the way it is today? It's important that we keep this land clean. It's important that we keep our water clean. Now the water, there's things they're shooting in the water. They go to the septic tanks and they shoot it down the river. So all the waste comes down that river. One time we drank that water. That was our drinking water. That was our place to take a bath. That was where we drank our water. We took our bath in there. Um, now we can't dip it out. We cannot dip it out and drink it. We don't drink the Nooksack River because it's pollution. Pollution is the worst thing here. It's beautiful, but what happened? Learn about the environment. Where is all this come, coming from? One time I used to be able to go out there and dig clams for myself, and I'd dig clams and sell it. Now those kids out there are digging clams, but they're not able to eat it. Why? Because of the pollution. You'll get sick, some Red tide. You have to learn what is red tide. What is red tide? Smakia talked about the tools we used back in the day. He taught us how to use them. He told us a story on breaking the shells, and the shells made tala, which means money in our language. So, the dentilium shells, which I was talking about, is another type of shell that they would use as currency. This tool made little holes in the shells to make beads, but the more things you had, it showed how wealthy you were. So that's when they say when someone likes your earrings, you give it to them to show the wealth that you have. The second story he told was about a basket. He said we use this basket to gather rocks or when we're walking on the beach and we see clams sticking out of the sand, we would pick those clams up and throw it on the back where the basket was. So he told us some of the tools that we used back in the day and how they were made. He even told us some of the material they would use for the nets. <laughs> How would they round the edges? So you have... Um... Most of our youth, as I looked around, were all enjoying the time being, and they were all involved. They were interested in what we used to do every day, and we would, and taught them how we would gather and save for the winter months that came. I really enjoyed the experience as well, getting to relearn some of that knowledge from when I was in middle school and high school. I really love our tribe and our school and what it does for the youth. Some people think it's not enough, but I believe we are doing what we can and we're doing a good job of it. I'm glad we are involved with the youth again. Before COVID-19, we were visiting schools and then shut down. So I'm happy to be able to get this experience with them.
So the day that we went clam digging was really an amazing experience because I mean I, I lived in Lummi and none of my family none of my family really fished, none of my family clam dug, like it it just it wasn't normal for me to see growing up. And so just like knowing that that actually is a part of my culture was super cool and learning everything I did that day and I got to clam dig and it was hard but it was really fun and I did get some I did get a couple not too much but it was it was a really really fun experience and another one of my favorite parts was that I got to interview a lot of the youth and some of the instructors and the people who put on the program along with Santana and Bella and yeah it was a really fun experience and I'm really glad that I was out there that day and that I got to experience it myself. Taking the youth over to Portage Island to learn how to clam dig was such a fun and meaningful experience. To see our culture and traditions being passed down to future generations is truly really healing for all of us and I think a lot of us realize at different stages in our lives how our culture can be used as medicine. So when it's being taught to our youth at such a young, young age, our hopes is for them to lean in on our way of life in their times of need. As someone who has been learning her family tree, I've felt extremely empowered through this when it comes to my sense of belonging and identity. Growing up, my mother always told me how our family lived on Portage Island, so to go and learn how to clam dig there was a different experience. I think the part that resonated with me the most was when Ernestine shared her book that she wrote on growing up at Portage Island, and in the end she had like a drawing of Portage Island and where like each family was located. And she mentioned my family, the Lawrence family. And um, afterwards I, you know, mentioned to her that my grandmother is Hazel Lawrence and my grandmother passed the year before I was born. And so I really reconnect to my grandma and my family through these stories that I hear from other people and from my family as well. So that was a really beautiful experience for me and it, and it brought a lot of healing into my life as you know, I'm someone who's reconnecting with her family tree and her lineage because it's, it really is important when they say you don't know who you are unless you know where you come from. And once you start to learn that, I think it really does give you a sense of identity, a sense of knowing um, who you are. Thank you for listening to Young and Indigenous. You can follow us at YAYAI podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Heishka to the First Nations Development Institute and the Discurrent Foundation. Our hands go up to you. Yay is part of Children of the Setting Sun Productions. Intro song by Keith Jefferson, Adam Lawrence, and Mark Nichols. Original music by Mark Nichols, Julie Lewis, and Shinoa Ogawa. 
Brought to you by Northwest Indian College Center for Health Native Connections Program. Walking on the beach, going to get me some clams. I had me a rake and a bucket in my hand. I was digging in the sand, trying to get me some clams. What you gonna do when your sand is in your hand? <laughs> Come on, give me a friend, and we'll do something, and we'll dig some clams. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by the Northwest Indian College Center for Health and the LIBC Native Connections Project, a grant funded by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, SAMHSA 5H79SM063454. The views, opinions, and content expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or policies of the Center for Substance Abuse Prevention, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Thank you. Then turned around and I wiped my tears. There's no more sand in my eyeball ears. <laughs> Hoi.